So you may have noticed over the past few episodes, I'm having the guest do the Does Your Dog Do? And today we have the fantastic Maria Reach. We're going to be talking about her wonderful book, A Thousand Lifetimes, The Story of a Woman and Her Dog, Both Sides of the Tale. Maria, before we jump into your fantastic book, what does your dog do? And do you have a question if other people's dogs do this as well? Oh, well, you know, they all have their own unique personality. So uh, one of the things that I used to do with Celeste, and now um, Star has picked it right up, um, is I do mommy and me makeup. I know this seems very weird, <laughs> but Celeste was a white pit bull. So I, I noticed when I would be putting my blush on and my makeup on that she would be very interested in what was happening. So I I so she would be, you know, basically with her front feet on the chair I would be sitting on and really watching. So I started to put blush on her. And you could see it, of course, because, you know, anyway, this was just don't put, people think I'm crazy. It was just a fun game that we did. And she would get this look on her face like, oh, I'm so special. And I would say how beautiful she was, right? Now here's Star, which is, spoiler alert, actually, Celeste, come back. And yeah, and um, she um, immediately, from the time she was little, I'd be doing my makeup and she'd be right there. Like, and I started to do the same thing. Now she's black and tan, so you can't see it. But we still go, ooh, and she goes, ooh, I'm so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. And we're going to dig into that, what you said about Celeste coming back. This book was so fascinating to me. I, I want to jump in, but the first question I always ask every guest, when did your love of dogs begin? Oh, from the time I was born, I think. I just always, always loved them. Um, have always been, uh, you know, I've had cats and I love cats, uh, but dogs are just my heart. You know, I just... You know, when when you're a dog person, <laughs> yes. you know, they just capture you. And I've always felt that um, it is not a um, accident that dog spelled spells God backwards, right? Yeah, I, I agree. They are the greatest gift we have ever been given. I completely agree 100%. Hmm. So the book is told from several point of views or perspectives, which include you and your dog, Celeste, your beautiful white pit bull, who also is de was deaf, and some of your other dogs and cats. And in an interview, you said, I heard you in an interview, uh -huh. and you said, quote, it's not what I thought she felt or thought about her life, but what she actually thought. I use two different animal communicators. So before we jump into the book, this could be new to a lot of people. I have to be honest, it was new to me. I found it really interesting. So so talk to us about that. What What is an animal communicator? Okay, so a lot of, I don't know if you know, years ago, there was a show called Pet Psychic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But she's not really psychic. So, so animal communication is not really um, a psychic thing. They're not predicting the future. They're actually having a conversation. They're just doing it telepathically. And one of the things that trips people up is they think, well, you know, my dog doesn't speak English. And they're absolutely right. Your dog doesn't. However, um, humans didn't start out speaking a language either, right? And yet we know that as babies, they have thoughts. Sure. There's thoughts before language. And what we do as humans is we learn very early on to translate our thoughts into words, right? So the words in and of themselves really have no meaning, but we give them meaning. 
when an animal communicator um, taps into an animal and talking to them telepathically, what their brain is doing is automatically translating the information they receive into the language that is their language so that that's how it makes sense to them. And so a lot of times they'll get emotions, they'll get physical sensations. Sometimes they'll see a movie play, right? Um, and sometimes it's just, it just, it's so quick for so many of these people who are really talented at it, that their brain is automatically translating. I don't even think they totally understand that that's what's happening. The dog is not in fact speaking to you in English, but your brain is translating it. Um, so it's really quite amazing. Um, one of the purposes of the book is um, to get people to come to accept this possibility. Right. And so, um, um, and so I tried to, I, I wanted to do the book from, you know, basically both mine and Celeste's perspective. So people could see as humans, we see the world in a certain way. And, and we make assumptions about others that they see it the same way. Now we know that's not even true of other humans, right? I mean, we know that because we do speak the same language that two people could see the same thing, come away with very different perspectives. Well, our animals are no different, but because dogs don't think like people, they think like dogs, a lot of times their interpretations of what's going on around them is not what you would expect. And so it causes um, miscommunication, it causes confusion, it causes anxiety on the part of both the human and the animal. And so um, so being able to utilize an animal communicator um, it's very helpful to get you to see the reality of the dog in front of you instead of what you perceive is what you, what's happening, right? Um, and so I really wanted to bring that along. And in so doing and starting to gain acceptance for this and understanding that there are people out there who say they can do it and they're charlatans like any other profession. Uh, like any other profession, there are some people who are phenomenal at it, some people who are okay, and some people who are dead awful, right? So you have to be aware of that. Not everybody who builds themselves as an animal communicator is really going to be the real deal. Um, but the ability to really understand um, and make a connection so much stronger and so much deeper when when there's understanding on both sides, when you can go, oh, I didn't know she saw it that way. Okay, now that I understand, let me change what I'm doing to make at the end of the day, to make my dog's life happier. Because at the end of the day, my focus with my animals is I want as many days of their life to be as joyful and happy as possible, right? I want the least amount of stress. And the reality is when we work towards that end, we're happy because there is nothing that fills your heart with joy more than a big smiley face on your dog, right? Oh, so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading Celeste's portions as well as yours. The first sentence of the book is italicized and it reads, there will be a deaf dog. You heard a voice. Did that shock you at all? Had you heard a voice before in your head coming from somebody else? Okay, so, um, you know, previously at certain points in my life, when um, a big important message has to get through to me, um, then it does. And okay. so if I hadn't gotten that clear message, so I was dead set against getting another dog. I write about the reasons why. And um, so in any event, so I needed to come home with Celeste. This was not 
an option in my life. This was a fork in the road that needed to be taken. And so, yes, I got this very clear message, um, so profoundly clear that I looked at my husband and I like, did he hear that? And he obviously showed no signs of having her because he had not gotten that message. So it was really, uh, so that's how I thought it was important to start the book because that yeah. was the beginning of our journey together. Yeah, I thought that was a great way to start it as well. Now, everybody listens. I won't go on and on. Everyone knows I'm obsessed with pities. My pity is my heart and soul. And I was so happy that it was a pity because I think there's something so special about that breed. And they're so incredibly loving. Yes. And I love that Celeste says, this woman was my destiny. And I knew that somehow I was hers as well. I just gaze into Blue's eyes. And I'm just like, we were meant for each other. And you were. That's why you're together. You know, that's why you're together. We will always be connected to the beings we're supposed to be connected to. Um, Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, but there's always lessons to be learned in every, every relationship. And, and I really strongly feel that for so many of us, our dogs are really trying to teach us to be better humans, you know, to be more loving, more present Um, more conscientious beings than we actually tend to be. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, what made you make the decision to contact Callaway? Because your husband's reaction when you asked him, Phil's response was, quote, I will not be married to a freak like that. (laughs) There's more that is real than we can see. And And just from a scientific standpoint, science knows that, right? There is more dark matter in the universe than any other type of matter. So there is more that we cannot see. And with animal communication, I've come to believe that it has to do with the realm of quantum physics. And at some point, because remember, we're talking telepathic communication, right? Um, So I think at some point, we'll have the science that can back it up. Until we do, a lot of people will be skeptical. Most of them will be men because women will go, my heart tells me, There's a lot more going on here, and I want to have at least the opportunity to see if this is real and and make a stronger connection. Because as women, connections are the most important thing to us, right? So, so and connections to those we love. And who who do we love more than our dogs? Not a lot of people, actually. (laughs) It's reality, right? I mean, yeah. So we want we want as close and intimate a connection as we can have. So even though Phil wasn't on board, you went ahead and did it, which I actually think is okay, because this is something you just talked about. It's so important to you. And you had no idea what was going on with your beloved Celeste, and you wanted to know. Well, because the reality is nobody has the right to tell anybody else that they cannot uh, do something that they really, really want to do. Right. I mean, yes, if you want to throw yourself off a bridge and kill yourself, then I would say, yes, we should intervene. But um, let's just say your husband decided he liked open mic night. and He wanted to go out once a week and sing in a club at open mic. I mean, he had his heart set on it. It would be not right of you to tell him he could not do that. You don't own him. Right. Right. And so that was my perspective. He doesn't own me, but I can't move him on this. And I'm not going to have a screaming fight about it. So I'm just going to do what I need to do and leave him out of it, at least for now. And and see if this is a real thing before I even try to broach him again. And, and that's actually what I did. 
I'm glad you said that to see if it's a real thing. How did you know? Tell us about that first session with Callaway and what keyed you in? Because earlier in the interview, you had said that there are charlatans. What was it about Callaway that you thought, okay, this this is a real deal? Well, I just love Callaway. She is a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, she, her communications were so fluid. Um, the information that she got from like my dog, uh, Cody at the time, he had degenerative myelopathy, um, which is a, unfortunately way too common disorder in a lot of dogs where they, um, uh, it's like MS and they lose the feeling in their hind end, uh, starting with their back feet and it works its way up its spine. Eventually, you know, you wind up having to put them down from that. Um, so he was losing that sensation in his hind end and he had been for a while, but he was still on his feet with things that we were doing. And one of the things, the first, one of the first things Callaway said about him was, I, I can't, he has a disorientation. I can't feel his back end. Is there something going on? Wow. Without you saying anything. She was in another state on the phone. She wasn't even in the same state as me. So why would she automatically assume that my dog was having you know, she wasn't saying he had arthritis. He was in pain. He was having, no, she said he doesn't know where it is. He can't feel it. Well, that's exactly the case. Right. So that was very interesting. And then, um, during that first conversation, um, when Celeste came in, uh, she had said, so now I was feeling really good because Calway picked up this information that couldn't possibly be real. And then um, one of my bad, my sad things with Celeste was that her name is Celestial because she's heavenly, right? Mm. And it always made me feel bad that she didn't know, she couldn't hear her name. She didn't know her name. And so one of the things, one of the first things she wanted Callaway to talk to me about was how much she loved her name. And I said, but how could she know she can't hear me? And I had told Callaway that Celeste was deaf prior to the conversation and she said she hears you telepathically and she feels the, the emotions that you have when you say it. So she knows how special it is. And so I thought that was amazing. Like, why would she choose? That was one of the big things. I never said anything to Callaway about me being sad about her not knowing her. I didn't mention it, but it was one of the very first things Celeste wanted me to know. I know what my name is and I love my name and it's special. And I know that. Oh, that's amazing. Now you also got another deaf pit bull named Maya. Tell us a little bit about Maya. Uh, Maya. <laughs> Maya was, um, she was just such a force. Um, she was uh, just the sweetest, most loving dog and crazy, crazy, crazy. She could just, she, the energy of her, every time she came in the house, like if you put her, put them outside to play and they came in, she burst into the house, ran through the house, picked up a ball. It was always like, we're on, we're playing, we're happy. Now, being a pit bull, she was also very happy with, oh, let's cuddle on the sofa and go to sleep together. Oh my God, so cuddly. That's, so cuddly. That's what's the great about that breed. It's like, you want to hike, you want to play ball, you want to do frisbee. Oh, they are up, up, up. You want to go, hey, let's just crash on the sofa. They go, cool, that's great. Right. Well, I'm going to be right on you. We're going to be cuddling up. We're going to, I'll stay there all day. It's fine. I laugh because Blue has this habit now of jumping on the bed at 430 in the morning. He doesn't just like curl up by my legs or my back. He literally puts his head behind my head on my pillow, uh -huh. smushes his nose into my neck, presses his whole body against me. Yes. 
I'm cuddly, but not when I'm sleeping. But I've gotten so used to it that now I actually look forward to 4.30 in the morning, believe it or not. My husband the other day is like, he's an appendage. <laughs> the time he sees us, Blue's like literally on me. <laughs> this is pities. People don't, you know, they have such They don't get up. it. They do not understand. They really, they just want to please you. They just yep. want to be loved. They just want to be where you are. Uh, yep. They want to have fun, you know, um, they want to cuddle and they want to eat. Like these are their, these are their big things, right? Right. Now with Celeste, similar to Maya uh, in the cuddling way, but not as, you know, rambunctious, would you say? She was, uh, Celeste was cuddly like they all are. I, I don't know right. if you see picture on my website where she's on on my I'm on my back on the bed and she's on me she's just been cleaning my face and we were both smiling I love it <laughs> um, so yeah, she was just as cuddly um and she was definitely playful but not she wasn't the firecracker that that Maya was you know Maya was just really amazing and her story she talks about her you know, shelter experience. Both Celeste and Maya were in shelters. Um, both of them had experiences in kill shelters and people don't understand the animals in the shelter absolutely know that animals are being killed there. They all know that. It's an incredibly stressful place for them to be. And so with Maya, it was so sad because her daddy had taken her for the drive and she thought, she was all excited. We're going for a ride. We don't do this all the time. Blah, blah, blah. She was thought this was the greatest thing. And and then they wind up at the shelter and she gets out of the car and he puts on the leash and she thinks, oh, we're going to be doing something. And then she picks up on the energy. Now she starts to get nervous. Um, of course. And then they go in and uh, her father's not, he won't make eye contact. And she's looking at him because she's trying to see because what dogs do. What's going to happen now? What's the direction, you know? After all, you're their everything. You're their protector. You're their pack. Um, and he doesn't, he won't look at her and he hands the leash to somebody else who takes her through. I know it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely so heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Um, so they were going to put Maya to sleep because she was deaf and she's a pit bull. It was Florida. And they said, there is no way we're going to get this dog adopted. But they just happened to have room in their adoption kennels and they put her up. And I just happened to be volunteering. And Thank so goodness. I saw the sign as I was walking down the road, I am deaf on her thing. And I went in and I thought, well, Celeste could use a playmate, right? And, um, and the two loved each other. It worked out beautifully for them. Oh, I'm so glad. Does your family include a dog or a cat? Would you like to be better educated on how to advocate for their health naturally? then why not check out all of the amazing resources on naturallyhealthypets.com. Dr. Judy Morgan is a trusted advisor and a regular guest here on the Dog-Eared Podcast. She has over 38 years experience as an integrative veterinarian, acupuncturist, chiropractor, food therapist, author, speaker, podcast host, and owner of Dr. Judy Morgan's naturally healthy pets. Dr. Judy's goal is to change the lives of pets by educating and empowering pet parents just like you in the use of natural healing therapies and minimizing the use of chemicals, vaccinations, and poor quality processed food. Head on over to naturallyhealthypets.com where you'll discover healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, 
the Naturally Healthy Pets podcast, informative blogs, upcoming events, and so much more. Again, that's naturallyhealthypets.com, the place to learn how to give your pet the vibrant life that they deserve. You know, I want to talk about Celeste's health issues, fevers, incontinence, both urine and fecal, compulsive disorder. Now, I never heard of compulsive disorder. Can you tell us about that and, and how it presented in Celeste? Compulsive disorder is unfortunately far too common. Um, mm. It manifests in various ways, but essentially it's um, it's like seizure activity in the brain, but it doesn't manifest like a grand mal or something, right? Um, a lot of dogs will do what is called fly snapping. Some dogs will do um, a compulsive circling, right? Um, for Celeste, she was chasing what she later explained to me were little spots that just kept pop. So little spikes of really electrical impulses probably in her own brain that she was perceiving as, as little objects and she was trying to catch them um, and just uh, could not stop herself. She was, she was uh, obsessed with them to, um, to the point of ignoring everything else in her environment except food, very food-motivated dog. But even with the food, she'd gobble it and then lunge for the spot, right? It was, it was a terrible, terrible thing. And I almost I had to contemplate the possibility of putting her down, and she was only like two years old. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I know that you had gone through so many different practitioners. So you saw Dr. Arthur Young, who did homeopathy. And I thought this was interesting, you you know, because we're so used to like, just tell us what's wrong so we can fix it. Right. And so quote, you write in the book, Dr. Young, quote, so what is wrong with her? And he said, well, she is out of balance, sick in her whole body, having her energy feel disrupted with insult after insult. And I love this. You write, quote, I followed the instructions that Dr. Young included in his package. And I have to admit that it felt a little like hocus pocus. I've been bringing Blue to an alternative vet who does muscle testing. And you in this later in the story have a, a you know a story about Celeste. People have no idea what I'm talking about. Just Google muscle testing for either humans or dogs and you'll be able to see it. I think next time I take blue, I'm gonna take a video. So check my social media as well. But it did seem kind of woo-woo. I'm like, what the hell? Blue's been doing a little better. But like you talked about in the book, it is up and down. It's frustrating. He'll be okay and then he'll have diarrhea for three days. Health and nutrition center for a second. Go on our website. Go to the contact page, fill out the form. If if loose stool is the problem that you're having with him, we can help yes. you with it. We can help you. Okay, yeah. I was going to ask you because it's so frustrating. So talk to us, though, about that kind of hocus pocus feeling because you, you saw a lot of different alternative practitioners. Yes, and homeopathy is, is – I wound up being – there was a – the, the best that Celeste ever was, was when she was under the care of Dr. Keller. Um, I believe it's Healing Art Animal Hospital in Boynton Beach, Florida. Um, that was the best she ever was. And she did homeopathy. She did homeopathy. She did some energy work. Um, I obviously was feeding uh, a mostly raw diet. I didn't have the supplementation that I have now with my company. If I had the supplements I have now, I think I could have had a different outcome with her, but I don't know that for sure. Um, so, but in any event, um, so that was the best. However, I have found that you need a really talented homeopath and they're not all really talented. So homeopathy is, can be very hit or miss. Um, 
So some people will have good experiences depending upon their homeopath. Some people won't. The other thing is, is some homeopaths act like it's standalone. It is not. You can't be eating, feeding your dog the equivalent of McDonald's every day and doing some homeopathic remedies and thinking, oh, that's going to solve the problem. Uh, there is no such thing as a silver bullet. There is no one thing out there that cures everything. Um, right. It always requires basically a protocol of a, a comprehensive approach. But things like inflammatory bowel and stuff, those are actually relatively easy to get to the other side of. Oh, that's good. You did so much for Celeste. I mean, you took her to all these different practitioners. And, and there was a point toward the end where Celeste says, quote, I, feel, I felt so strange. My body didn't feel right. My head didn't feel right emotionally. I was tired of being squeezed. I was happy to have mom back. But when she tried to get me to play with my new toys, I just didn't care. I felt like I was watching life from a distance and part of me wished I could just float away. I felt worn out in my soul. What was that like being able to hear what Celeste was feeling in this moment, especially? It was absolutely devastating to me. And um, one of our responsibilities as pet parents is um, to minimize our pet suffering. And at some point, most of us will have to make the decision whether to release them from their bodies. It wasn't time for Celeste yet. She wasn't really ready to give up. I wasn't ready to give up. But it was devastating to know that life, that every day had become a chore for her. The joy was no longer there, right? Um, had I known that I wouldn't have been able to rectify that, I might have done, made some different decisions. Um, but we still had time together yet where we did have a good day here or there. Um, so, um, so anyway, okay, so moving on. <laughs> so I know it's so hard. In the book, you also write, quote, over the years, we have seen 11 different veterinarians. Some did great harm to her. Some were of some help. A couple made a difference for a while. That's remarkable. I would assume Celeste appreciated that. Did you Did you get that sense or did Carol ever say that? Absolutely. You know, she knew all along that um, I was working so hard to help her, um, you know, and she very much appreciated that because she so wanted to stay with me. So in, in our first communication with Callaway, one of the things that Callaway had expressed was um, through Celeste was that Celeste and I had been together forever. So in every lifetime, Celeste and I are together. And in every lifetime, we come together for our souls to grow and learn new lessons. And in this lifetime, um, one of the important things for Celeste was not only to move um, the equation forward, the, the conversation forward for humans so that we, we can have a much better understanding of how complex and complete in and of themselves our animals are and how worthy of, of our respect and our cooperative care of them as opposed to this autocratic approach that you see, you know, sit down, stay. It's not that you can't do those things, but if that's all your life is with your dog, is telling your dog and controlling everything that he does, you are missing the point. Yep. Um, and so that deeper connection, kinder, more conscientious uh, human beings, very, very important. Um, so their emotional lives, their physical lives, these things are all very important. And that so many of the things that we're doing on the physical side, the the poor quality foods, right? People feed kibble and they think oh, they're yeah. doing a great job. 
the best kibble is the least best way to feed a dog. It's just kibble exists because it's cheaper and convenient, not because it's good. <laughs> and right. So between the diets that we feed, the the allopathic medical model that we're seeing in our human population as well, everybody's sick. Everybody's sick, right? And so our animals are trying to show us, look, these things you're doing, they're not bringing you health and prosperity. They're bringing you um, sickness, pain, suffering. But simple things can be changed and the whole thing changes around. So, so there's so, so the book was really the purpose for us in this lifetime together was to get that out. And in order to do that, we had to have uh, the trials and the ups and the downs that is in fact life that we could share our experiences and hopefully help other people um, to do it better. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I learned so much from the book. You also talk about Pete who did energy medicine with Celeste. And at some point Pete said to you, your need is holding her here. It's hard to get through the power of your need for her to get a clear answer from her. You need to let go so she can decide. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, how do you do that? How do you let go of somebody you love and tell them it's okay? You can make the, whatever choice you decide, I will honor that. Very hard. I've seen many pet owners struggle with that. Um, because they can't let go, but their animal desperately needs to move on. Um, and, and that's the other thing, the other lesson here. Nobody dies. Our souls are forever. Um, so we just simply change our form. But energy, you know, the first law of physics, right? Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change its form. But we are all energy. We know that. Scientifically, we know that. Um, and so the soul keeps going. And one of the things that, you know, unlike most dog books where, you know, you have the whole thing with the dog and then the dog dies and, da, 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 and that's the end. No, it's not the end. And so the book continues because Celeste continues with me um, out of her body and continues to help me as I move forward with um, the rest of my life. And um, and that's an important message. And I, I think it's important for people to understand that because so many people, they can't make the decision to let their pet go because they can't, they can't bear that it's the end end, but it's not the end end. And that's, um, and that's something important for people to understand too. We, a lot of people give a lot of lip service to an afterlife, but on a, I think when a push comes to shove, most people doubt. And so I, she wanted to help people to understand that there is so much more than this. And I think our animals more so than us are not as separated from God as we are. And so they are connected always. Um, and so what we struggle with is our, um, our separation is really painful for us and it gives us so much doubt. And then it causes it lead, and that doubt leads to more unnecessary suffering. Yeah. You know, you started with the wonderful story of the blush and the makeup. And I love towards the end of the book, you were talking to Carol and you write, quote, we had been talking for a while when she interrupted me to say, quote, Celeste wants me to tell you, and this is after Celeste passed, how she loved it when you did the makeup thing with her in your bathroom. And you go on to say, you never told Carol that. I never did tell Carol that. Never talked to her about that. Nope. Nope. So, um, so that's 
why it's so fascinating to me that that particular, because I was having a real crisis of faith and, and Celeste knew it. And she wanted to give me a message that she knew only her and I would know. And I found it fascinating that Star has taken that, that, that. That was one of the first things that she did to let me know, no, it's really me. Put on my blush. <laughs> Let's do a little makeup, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's a, uh, I know I wrote the book, but it's a wonderful book with a lot it is. of messages a lot of important stuff there it should for those of us whose hearts are open it can actually move you to a, another place in your life just help move you forward on your own journey um to being a a better kinder more wonderful dog mom you know i really hope that people who are listening who are skeptical i would say to them maybe they don't have to believe in animal communicators but just read the book it's fabulous I mean, would it upset you if someone who doesn't believe read it and still didn't believe, but took something else from the book? Or do you feel like they got to be 100% on board? No, no, no. There's so much in the book. Everybody yes. will take something different from it because there's just so much. And it's interesting when I see the reviews that people write um, and I see how, what somebody focused on, right? So, so people are focusing on different issues and that's what's speaking to them. That's fine. That's fine. We're all in a different place, right? Um, yeah. But if you love dogs, I don't see how you wouldn't really love um, love the book, and it wouldn't be helpful to you on some level. But like any, um, you know, as humans, we learn through stories, and so this book yeah. is very well, very much written as a story. I would think if I didn't come right out and tell you what was happening, um, most people would assume it was fiction. You know, yes. Um, so, um, so from that standpoint, some people will just enjoy it as a good story. You did mention at the beginning, you had said that Star has Celeste's spirit. Yes. So, although Star is a new being in and of herself, her soul is Celeste's soul. Core sweetness of Celeste. Some of the things that were just Celeste are still there. You know, are are, are definitely. Um, but then there are other aspects. She's a new being. She gets to experience a new life. She can hear in this lifetime. So so it's a new experience for her. So it's hard to wrap your head around a little bit. But as a soul, we're not actually who we are in our current creations. Our soul is actually the spark and the, the essence, the essence of who we are. But the personalities in individual lifetimes those will be different depending upon what our soul is actually trying to learn. So, and I know that gets deeper than most people want to go. And again, they don't have to go to that space. They could just enjoy a good, a good dog story, you know, um, oh, with yeah. dog characters and their perspectives on life. Um, so, or they can take the deeper, the deeper meanings and understandings of how um, the spiritual side of things and that life goes on. Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, tell us a little bit about your Pet Health and Nutrition Center. Okay. The Pet Health and Nutrition Center, we started um, while Celeste was still alive, and she was part of the inspiration uh, for that. Um, we manufacture whole food supplements and herbal remedies for pets. 
We do, we specialize in a lot of helping support the body with a lot of uh, different disorders like heart disease, kidney failure, degenerative myelopathy, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia. We do a lot of tough stuff, IBD, IBS, colitis. Um, and we are very, very help, uh, effective in helping animals, uh, supporting their body's own healing potential through natural means to get to the best state of health that they possibly can have. And that's what we do here. Uh, we're an online-only company. Uh, we sell throughout the world. Um, and um, we love what we do because we change lives every day. The book is A Thousand Lifetimes, a story of a woman and her dog, both sides of the tail, Maria Reach, but it's spelled R-E-I-C-H. Maria, tell us all the ways we can find you and your fabulous book. Okay, so we're on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, my own book website is a thousandlifetimesbook.com. And then the Pet Health and Nutrition Center, my company, uh, PetHealthAndNutritionCenter.com uh, also sells the book as well. So in all those places, and we're in print and Kindle and Nook, so you can get it in any format you want. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I was a little nervous at first because this is the first time I've ever spoken to somebody that worked with an animal communicator. And I just want to say, I, I thought the book was fantastic. And I'm going to keep my mind, my heart's open and keep my mind open. You're delightful. Everyone keep coming back to Dog Eared. And hey, while you're on Dog Eared, on the same platform as Health Power, a show I've been doing for 10 years. I'm passionate about healthy living and I am passionate about dogs. So please check them both out and follow me so you can see my good boys. You can follow me at Lisa Davis on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much and keep coming back. <laughs>